0: Wow, goody. Hello and welcome to tonight's show. Tonight we're on a remake special. We shall be looking at classics films that we have been remade, reused and recycled. We'll be saying good morning to Baltimore. You must remember this to San Antonio and good grief. I wasn't expecting that in the Antarctic. Welcome to They Don't Make Them Like They Used To. Well, you're listening to Sunshine Radio at St Mary's Hospital on the Isle of Wight. I'm Sharon and I will be your host for the next hour. And joining me in the studio are Sean. Hi, yeah. And our friend, Joe.
1: Good evening.
0: Well, how are you two gentlemen? Have you been well?
2: It's nice with the sun out, isn't it? Isn't it just, eh? It's glorious, it glorious makes, weather. Uh, well, you difference. know,
0: we're on the Isle of Wight when the sun is shining and you can put your shorts on in May. Yeah.
2: And then take them off again in June. In June, yeah. (laughs) And not put them on again until
0: probably a week in September. Yeah, September's
2: always the best time. It
0: seems to revive itself again. Well, we haven't forgotten why we're here. We have a lot to have a chat as well, but we're here to look at the classic world of film. We're in tonight, we're actually going to not so much they don't make them like they used to, but they don't remake them like they used to. We're going to have a little change to our normal format in that we're going to be looking at bona fide classics of cinema pre 1980, but we're also going to be looking at their more recent remakes. So they each have their own exception to the rule or not and we should also have that all-important hidden gem but to kick us off tonight we're going to have our much anticipated wait for it quiz with joe
1: right off the bat here we go okay um uh, are you hearing me okay everything all right brilliant here we go then so clue number one this screen legend's film career spans 61 years from 1951 through to 2012 he played his last leading role at the age of 95
0: oh mm. a long career so. and went on to his 95 well another role at 95 so it doesn't mean he's still living beyond that date
1: a film career spanning 61 years from 51 to 2012 the last leading role was at the age of 95
0: oh golly well, that mm. gives us lots of well, think I've about.
2: got yeah, it does. I mean, I've got two ideas, but I'm sure they made films earlier than that, so that's, that's that one. Mm. All right. Okay. Well, we're going to
0: be pondering that one then while we go through our songs. right? But we're going to be looking at our first screen pairing tonight. And in a change to our usual order, we're going to be starting with a hidden gem. And the choice is mine. And I'm going to be choosing that hidden gem that I call Hairspray. And it was Hairspray, the original film was in 1988. And then it was remade in 2007. Now, this is a little track we're going. To, I'm going to play now from the 2007 film. But I think it's a corker and I'm sure you'll enjoy it as well. Woo! <laughs>
2: Corny Collins.
0: Corny (laughs) Collins. That's a great name. (laughs) Actually, there's some fabulous names all the way through this, I think. Yeah. All of the characters are just uh, mad, insane, bonkers, but adorable at the same time.
1: I won't lie, I haven't seen this, and I was just looking through the the cast list. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Michelle Pfeiffer's in it. Yeah. Christopher Walken's in it. How have I not seen this film?
0: They both sing and they dance, and they both sing and dance together
1: interesting okay i'll see yeah. it just for that to be honest
0: <laughs> it is it's a memorable scene and the scene where john travolta also sings we know that john travolta can sing but not quite like this no but the, the the story let's get it back to what the story is about hairspray um the both films are very similar there's a few differences in them but i'll tell you the basic story it features a girl called tracy turnblad who is a big girl she's you know pleasantly rounded Um, To euphemistically but yeah she's, she's a pretty girl but she's a big girl and she loves to dance and she can dance, she's got natural rhythm she's a bit like Lisa Riley when she was on Strictly you'd think she can't dance, she could she's got rhythm, she's got movement, she's got joy when she dances and she loves the corny collins show and the corny collins show has this group of studio dancers they have every week that can dance live in the studio to different bands and things and it's her life's ambition to go on be a dancer on the corny collins show and so she has to audition to get on there and do different dance moves and but she's it's set in 1962 i should say that so it's in a particular point before the beatles came in in america and it's a whole raft of characters. So that's the basic story that she wants to be on this show. She does get on the show, and she finds out that it's segregated. That they have what's called a Negro Day. Uh, the last Thursday of every month is Negro Day, where they allow, a, they have a black presenter, and then they have black dancers who come on. And she's just outraged the fact that you know some of her best friends, because she'd been put in detention because of her hairdo, and they said her hair's not a hairdo; it's a hair don't and it's a sign of her depraved mind so she has to go into special ed and when she goes into special ed or detention she um, meets all these different people and in the original film all the black students are put in special ed to hold them back academically so they don't outperform the white students but in the second film it's where all the best dancers are and so she comes and meets these dancers, and so she's determined that she's going to make the Corny Collins show integrated.
1: This is not at all what I expected from a description <laughs> of the film Hairspray. To be honest, it really isn't.
0: So it's incredibly bonkers. But yeah. so I don't want to give you more. But that. That's the story basically. And so it's a, their their mission to make to bring integration to 1962 American television,
2: which which I think is is a really good from a political statement. Yeah, because yeah, I mean a, in a the lot 60s more to this of time, a lot of civil rights, and yeah, there is actually. this. <clears> although it's a fun film, there are some. Some uh, serious, yeah. serious. So it's issues. it's
0: evolved over time. So the first film was 1988, and it was directed by John Walter Waters, who is quite a really idiosyncratic and sort of quirky director. And yeah, this that's is his, one way of put, putting it. Point, yeah. Yeah. And this is his most accessible film. This is one of his most popular films in terms of about made money. It didn't make an awful lot of money on box office, but it became such a cult hit that it just made you know millions of dollars and found, like nearly all of his other films <laughs> that's it. and they were so popular and on the cult circuit that they made it into a stage musical and then the stage musical evolved into what we see in the 2007 Hairspray so in some ways it's like an evolution rather than a remake
2: mm, Yeah, and I... I
0: think it worked for me that's why it really works
2: I think both versions are absolutely brilliant. I mean, yeah, I, love I, them both. I remember the early version because I mean everybody was into Divine. Yeah, who plays plays mum. Yeah, Edna. Ed, Turn, Edna yeah, who yeah. plays mum and Divine was like, I mean, uh, around the eighties she had some sort of really really big mega yeah disco hit sort of thing that were, were, so she was like a singer herself. Uh, yeah, quite well. He, I should say, it's he. Yeah, and I, in
0: tradition ever since. Sorry, Joan, let me talk to you. No,
2: no, that's okay. And then obviously John Travolta. Wait, you can talk about this because. No, I'm understand. just saying
0: they've throughout the history because Divine played Edna Turnblad in the first film. They in the tradition of the stage musical, they always had a man play Edna Turnblad, and then when they cast the the, the musical in 2007, they insisted that again it had to be a man playing Edna. Good for them. And so that's how t- John Travolta comes to be playing the dad who is married to Christopher <laughs> Walken. <laughs> he's, he's great.
2: He's, I tell you, John Travolta. It's, it's like... <laughs> Yeah, he's great. I'm,
1: I'm really surprised that Sean's done, uh, said nothing but positive things about this film. I would, I haven't seen it, I admit. Um, I'm just surprised that Sean... Speak- both of them
2: both of them are good. Really? Yeah, really. Have you got a
0: standout moment from the from the <clears throat> film, the original film?
2: Um, well, uh, I would say uh, most of the scenes I like are with Edna, really. I mean, yeah. I just like... Because she's like this neurotic, Ooh, idiot! So, in both the original and, and in the new version with, with John Travolta, I, th- I think that's probably my favourite characters any scenes with them them in Yeah. and oh I did like the bit there's like a little bit of a romance because she's got a best friend doesn't she yes. I seem to remember she's got a best Penny. friend with pigtails yes does Penny. she have pigtails in yeah. the original Both as well pigtails pig pig yeah. yeah and um, uh, they they sort of a bit of a relationship develops doesn't it yeah with
0: seaweed an interracial in, yeah. relationship with that's, seaweed who's a fellow dancer that's
2: right yeah I remember that bit and that bit was quite nice towards the end because I think it all it's all fairly yeah. nice
0: because in the original film, they have a scene with um, this beatnik couple where they're called a checkerboard romance, where I they have that a word.
2: Yeah, I'll say beatnik, beatnik, <laughs> beatnik. I
0: love <laughs> that. And it's Piers Adora, it sort of has a, a cameo oh, in yeah. the first film, and she's in this relationship. Well, I don't remember the name of the actor, but who's her partner? And so they sort of espouse the the joys of having a, a checkerboard romance. And they do the same in the musical. They have seaweed and Penny both have another an uh, interracial uh, interracial romance in the second. Oh, film Are they well. beatniks in the original? They, they are beatniks in the original. Yeah. They do that really hep dancing. Yeah, yeah. I They like... were their cool cats. Cool it's cat. just. I'm just like... <laughs> (laughs)
2: Beatniks, yeah, yeah. (laughs) beatniks. Great (laughs) word, isn't it? (laughs) Always reminds me of the rest of cats for some reason. Plenty of beatniks. But those,
0: I like. I love the look. You know that those tight trousers with the ankles are just slightly too short, and the tight sweater with maybe a roll neck.
2: Mm. Yeah, that's it. You can just
0: picture them, can't you? And going, hey man.
2: I think in the original, I mean, we're talking about. Actor. That's a great word. <laughs> We're talking about actors in um in the new version, but I think yeah. in the original with you know, I mean if you think Ricky Lake who became on to be that famous yeah, she talk did show her please talk Trace show. Tracy and I mean Debbie Harry was in it, obviously, Blondie.
0: Yeah, Sonny Bono.
2: Sonny Bono as well, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah,
0: and um one of the characters whose crosses over is Jerry Stiller. He played Wilbur Turnblad, um, Tracy's dad in the original, and he comes back in the musical as Mr Pinky.
1: Mr. Pinky, um, Mr. Pinky's <laughs> great, hefty You've got to hideaway. watch this, Joe. Um, I have to, yeah, because <laughs> I Although love I've it. Seen the, Zac Efron I know. Yes, yeah. You just yeah. have to wince and
0: accept yeah, yeah. that. But they—they they call this <laughs> the the outfitters for the larger lady, um, Mr. Pinky's hefty hideaway. <laughs>
2: Full of, full of beatniks.
1: Yeah. Full of plenty of beatniks in this film.
0: And it's just, I, I just, and yeah, Mr. Pinky sees Tracy and he just wants to sponsor her. So she has to sort of advertise for Mr. Pinky's hefty hideaway <laughs> at, at different points in the film. But her dad owns his own joke shop and that's still called the Hardy ha heart Hut. Sorry, I've got uh. The Hardy ha Hut. <laughs>
2: Right, I think Hardy Ha Ha was a, a cartoon character as well around about the was 60s the and he was, a bit, he was a bit of a beatnik cat yeah <laughs> no he was. Is your hep cat? Hep cat that's it yeah that's okay. great <laughs> that's the Aristocats isn't it as well because they talk it about is, that. Yeah, yeah yeah
0: they're all about hep cats yeah you've got to get down with that sort of thing <laughs> 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 but I would so I would for my that's my hidden gem because I don't think any my, that many people are aware of the Original hairspray because it did no. sort of disappear into the video land. <clears throat> but I think I rate the musical, the music is fun, it's joyful, and it's positive. And so I would really recommend Is it,
1: hairspray. Oh, is it a weird film? Because I've seen some John Waters films.
0: The first one has definitely weird elements in it, yeah. Too, uh, I super haven't seen weird. This
1: John Waters film, and I don't I, want I to would miss, Im- yeah. I would imagine Im- immediately assume it would be incredibly weird. It is the, incredibly. I think it's his most right. accessible film, right? Okay.
0: Because it's obviously got the female protagonist, so you root for Tracy all the way through, uh-huh. and the fact that it's a it's a this sort of bigger girl. You know, mm-hmm. we rarely see sort of l- large size sort of heroines mm. who win the love interest and have the romance, and we root for them. So it's accessible, but it still has those elements of quirkiness mm. in it. Mm. And another I've forgotten to mention as well, but John Waters, Waters I keep wanting to say Walters, but that's mm. a different act director altogether. John Waters does have a cameo in the remake of Hairspray in 2007. He plays the flasher that we just heard in the song Good Morning Baltimore, because she sings about the flasher who lives next door and... You hear scream because he's <laughs> he's just opened his like dirty raincoat at these <laughs> oh, ladies. It not <laughs> to be a dirty raincoat. It's well, very stereotypical. It. I know, it <laughs> have to flashes it doesn't. Flashers have laundrettes too, yeah. Sharon. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not being very equal opportunities for the the flashes of mine. the flash I, of community, I'm not yeah. <laughs> They'd be outraged. This is all Stop about it. equal. You know, this is equality and people being all together. And I'm segregating one yeah. aspect of society. Oh, come on. <laughs> but so there's some cra- there's some cracking cameos and there's some yeah there's some great music and it's I think I like the warmth of it though that it, it you root for these people Definitely. even yeah John because Travol- John Travolta can be slightly creepy can't he and the yes. older he's got and this even and in the films as well yeah. he's quite creepy <laughs> <laughs> and but this he plays this with charm and accessibility and I have to say sometimes I don't dress up very well because it's not mulling my bag but I have got a dress at home when I put it on I do think I look like John Travolta from hairspray.
1: <laughs> oh, Oh <laughs> wow. she
2: should, she which some. is
1: not a good look really well yeah. if there's
2: ever a sing-along or anything you'd well, be I was going to
1: say next okay. time get the webcam we can broadcast a... Sharon dressed <laughs> yeah. as John Travolta dressed as, as Edna as <laughs> Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's
0: a mental picture <coughs> for you to conjure on Well,
1: <laughs> I'll be back I'll be here for that
0: but that was yeah hairspray any thoughts about Hairspray that we haven't already covered before? I'll move on to the next.
2: I just just think yes. that it's a great. It, it's a. Yeah. I mean, for for a movie normally, which you, I probably wouldn't like, but I enjoyed both versions because mm. I, I found them hilarious and emotional, and it was it was great.
1: So I know two. I knew two things about Hairspray. I knew it's got a really colourful poster, overly colourful that put me off, and it had John Travolta in drag for the whole film. Uh, it's not a film I would have sought out. I'm not likely to order that off eBay. But either.
2: Christopher Walken's gone. But
1: now that I've seen that. Michelle Pfeiffer's in it Christopher Walken's in it, it you know you're saying it's, it's, it's got some things to say it's not just a, a colourful singing or dancing I feel good it's got, it's got a point to it yeah. it's got some yeah some reasoning behind what's going on even I think Sean said the word political, political.
2: yeah there's got some there's
0: a hugely moving song actually that Queen Latifah sings and they sort of go on this like a peace march that gets broken up. Mm-hmm. And we've seen films like Salma where they talk about these sort of peace marches going on. And it makes you feel sick to your stomach when you see it that these people just get abused. And mm. you think, this is in a musical where you feel that deeply about sort of, you know, rights of mm. people who are under under oppression, as it were. Well, you've so, c- convinced me. Great one.
2: Definitely. <coughs> yep, that's good.
0: We agree with that. So while we're thinking about hairspray and I would recommend that to anyone sat there. I'm going to play this and ah, what does that mean?
1: It means it's time for me to go deeper in my voice. In 1955 this screen legend beat off competition from such cinematic titans as Frank Sinatra, Spencer Tracy James Dean and James Cagney to win the Academy Award for Best Actor.
0: Mm. so can we have a recap of number one as well first
1: one was that the screen legend had a career spanning 61 years from 1951 to 2012 and the last leading role that this legend took on he played when he was 95 Uh, clue number two was that um, basically this screen legend beat Frank Sinatra, Spencer Tracy James Dean and James Cagney to the Academy Award for Best Actor I think I may have
2: it in 1955 I think I may have it Nineteen fifty-five. I
1: think I may have it
0: Okay, that's always going to be a bit of a tricksy one, isn't it? I mean, it?
1: Frank Sinatra, Spencer Tracy, James Dean, James Cagney—those are some cinematic heavyweights, right?
0: And there was a, a fifth man.
1: And there was someone else.
2: Hmm. Hmm. That's it. So that's an interesting one to ponder on. But I think I I, I would have an educated guess from, the, from just from the Oscar one. Oh. So I got a feeling. Okay. Fifty-five. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. I like my Oscars. You
1: so hear that air of confidence?
2: I'm gonna, Sean's yeah.
1: voice changes. It starts becoming. Like, <laughs> yeah, but becoming you're going to more f- time. You're
2: like, going to huh? throw me a curveball in a minute, aren't you? I just it's know Clue it. three
1: will be before he became a boy, <laughs>
2: <'cause>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's all. That's going to get us a bit thinking yeah. about that a bit more. Okay. Right, I'm going to move on to our next one and now back to our normal order where we've had our hidden gem which was Hairspray. We're now going to be looking at some bona fide classics and these are films that were made before 1980 that stood up at the time as being fantastic pieces of cinema and still hold up today and in the corner on this round, Ding Ding, is Shawnee and he's going to be introducing his pairing of films and its remake.
2: Okay. Are you gonna, are you playing some? Well, music?
0: I, do you want to t- introduce it first? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I well, can do either.
2: Well, okay. Well, this um, yeah, this movie probably most people know about. I'm not so sure if they've seen the remake, um, and the film is The Alamo. Okay.
1: In the southern part of Texas, in the town of San Antonio, is a fortress all in ruins that the weeds have overgrown. You may look in vain for crosses, and you'll never see a one. But sometimes, between the setting and the rising of the sun, you can hear a ghostly bugle as the men go marching by. You can hear them as the answer to that roll call in the sky days of glory
2: at the siege of Alamo Well that, all... that tells you the story, eh? <laughs> so um, I'm actually not going to watch <laughs> the <that>. film <laughs> I'm quite happy with that. It's basically all those characters. But um, the reason I've chosen this is because I was always fascinated by the Alamo because I saw this as a, a fairly young lad, and uh, obviously the John Wayne version just really, really impressed me. Um, I thought it was a bit long to start with, but the the actual action scenes were absolutely brilliant. I loved it, and um, this sort of stuck in my mind. And I actually, (laughs) it's quite funny, because I went to San Antonio to see the Alamo when I was over in America, and (laughs) it was really, I wouldn't say disappointing, but it's quite a small place, and it's right in the middle of the city, and you've got all these massive, massive... Skyscrapers all around it, and this little Alamo in the uh, you had it in, in your, the middle there. In, my in your mind, that it that gonna you'd be, be be like in the film, yeah, you journeying know? out
1: to this middle of nowhere, <laughs> like a creek somewhere. Yeah, and wooden. F- That's a shame. Isn't it?
2: Yeah, no. Well, I mean, it was still still fairly good. And uh, as I say, the with the remake, the remake was a bit revisionist. I mean, everybody knows the story, so I don't think I have to go into the story too much. Um, and it, a lot of Americans hated this this remake. Um, Billy Bob Thornton. They yeah. just were saying, "Oh no!" It wasn't, it, it wasn't like that at all. They really, really tore apart. And yet, it's not. Really, it's not a bad movie at all. It's a really, really good movie, and I think you've seen it as well. I've seen we? them both. Yeah, yeah, and and it's excellent. And there's, um, I think, as well, I, I've watched some other films about the Alamo, and there's a film that was made in 1955, which is called The Last Command, and it stars Sterling Hayden. Oh. And, and if you ever get a chance to see it, and it's basically. The John Wayne Alamo version. So it's it's more or less the same. Yeah. Um so yeah. If you ever see The Last Command, I recommend 1955 film about the Alamo. And I think um Joe's Quiz Star may be in that as well. But oh. we'll see. Oh. And a film for you, Joe, hmm. is a film called Chopper Cabra vs. the Alamo. Go <laughs> on. That sounds <laughs> That sounds good. It does, doesn't it? Where it says uh you know the, there's um the Chopper. Cabras, which are like Mexican creatures, They're like these things, you probably aren't know. They? Yeah, they um, terrorize this San Antonio, Texas. That's I'm quite a
0: quite a recent film, isn't
2: it? I don't know; I haven't seen it, but <laughs> I thought you'd like that.
1: Ah, yeah, no, I've heard about that. I think that's quite recent in the last couple of years.
2: Ah, uh-huh. so they do like
0: to have these mashups
2: every now and yeah, no, then? where I, they I, suddenly
0: I, throw a bit of horror at a classic event.
2: event I would see do. that, and
1: I imagine it's got a higher rating on Rotten Tomatoes than the remake of The Alamo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'd be it Probably would. Um, so,
0: looking at the original Alamo with the John Wayne version, so he directed it, didn't he? He directed and, it, yeah. Was that his first directorial thing, or was it others before that?
2: Do you know? I don't really know on well, that. I assume it was assume like his, it passion was his thing, first not it? it was a yeah.
0: real sort of work of passion for him that's about right. Texas and about this sort of the legend of the Alamo, even if it's not as yeah, a letter strictly accurate.
2: It's strictly accurate. That's right. It was a, a a great adventure yarn. It was just like. Because it know, tells the story from the to... beginning,
0: doesn't it? Because you meet the characters and they, you see them before they get to the Alamo, don't you? It's you not just do, about yeah. the Alamo. It's yeah,
2: Cause, cause... the first
0: hour is about their lives before how they yeah. got there, isn't it? Because it's like Davy Crockett and yeah, well
2: Davy Crockett was from Jimbo, Tennessee yeah. and and I mean that's called the Volunteer State and and he headed down with about eighteen of his men and decided to stay behind. He didn't have to because Texas was obviously wanted to become independent from Mexico, and uh, they just decided that they they'd help out there and. Uh, you know it's great because he asks his he asks his men. You know, do you want to stay? And of course, you know me with buddy movies. Of course, <laughs> they want to stay with him. Because yeah. you know, that guys. scene,
0: isn't it? Isn't it with Colonel Travis where doesn't he draw a line in the sand? He does. And say, you know, if you want to leave, there'll be no shame. You can't. You don't have to stay. But you know, if you want to leave, just step across the line.
2: Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And and no one does it. And no but there's a blind it. guy, isn't there? A, yeah. He says, "Oh, we understand, Jojo. You can go if you want." She goes, "Travis, you done it." That lady, you know, is yeah. blind. She goes, "How dare you?" And sort of. Tears him off his trip and said, he's as best, he's as good a man as any one of you. Yeah. And so, yeah, they all stay. And, um yeah. How
0: do you think about the portrayal of Colonel Travis? Because he's a slightly romantic character, isn't he? In the John Wayne version, where he sort of... is he the one who sings to his little girl?
2: No, that's the that's uh, the other that's one. The oh, sorry, that's the, the captain. That's the captain. I can't remember the guy's name, but I know. But he's a famous singer. It's Lawrence, he's, Harvey. He's famous was Travis, Lawrence wasn't Harvey. Yeah, he was Colonel Travis. Real, real stern. I know. Um,
0: sorry, I'm, I'm, I know in my head. Because in some of the John Wayne westerns, he sings in those as well, doesn't he? Doesn't he sing in at like, the Searchers or?
2: What what the guy who plays the, 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 captain. Who plays the captain? Yeah, he With does. The yeah, he's, he's in loads. Yeah, he he's in loads. He's got a lovely
0: sort of western, sort of ballady singing voice, yeah. isn't
2: he? He yeah. normally plays the in, in in musicals. He plays the sort of uh, the straight up one that's trying to get the girl, whereas he never quite he, does. he yeah. never quite <laughs> does. You know, <laughs> on his, the uh,
1: subject of musicals, uh, music and westerns, would it have been the same film without Dmitri Chomkin?
2: Mm, I th-
0: his no, he's got this. There's uh, there's a song, isn't there? Called oh. What, you tell me what it's
2: called. The Green Leaves of Summer. The Green summer. Leaves of yeah. It's
0: haunting, isn't it? And one. it's a...
2: I think that it's track's a played...
0: a that runs throughout, isn't it?
2: Mm.
1: it. You know, for me, that's the thing I think... When I think of the film, like, that song immediately... It was a toss-up between
0: playing that and playing the ballad because I thought the ballad tells the story. It
2: tells the story itself. But the... That mm-hmm. screen the
0: sets the tone it of the really film does. completely. Like the
2: green leaves of, yeah, it does. It sets a tone. And, um,
0: of that film, yeah. yeah. That wistfulness as yeah. well as yep. the hauntingness of it. That this is a loss of
1: uh, So much uh, that Tarantino used it in... Uh, he did. As he uh, as you, you took naps to yeah, yeah, he, he yeah. bought that.
2: That's so how it starts off at the the beginning. So it's yeah.
1: just a piece of music that for me. It, I mean, it's a good film. I like the film. You've seen the film, but, yeah? Yeah, the original yeah, Alamo. I've not seen the Billy Bob Thornton one. Perhaps I should. Yeah, perhaps yeah. you should. It'd um, be interesting. But yeah, the original. But for me, the, the, the music transcends the film. It's I, I class the, the, the music as going on and being even bigger than the film itself, but that's just because uh, I'm not as much a fan of it as you. But it, it's good. It's a good film.
2: Yeah, it is a good film. But, but yeah, <clears> I, I guess the music makes it, but I still think it would be a good film. But the music just enhances the, the movie.
1: Do you think...
0: Would you describe it as a, a more sentimental film, the original, over the remake?
2: Definitely, yeah. It was a, it was, you know.
0: Do you think that's of its time, or do you think it's just the way cinema was in those days? Was it, it wasn't prepared to look at these. I think heroes? it was
2: just before, yeah. I think it was, you know, it looked as heroes as heroes. And, rose-tinted America, yeah, rose-tinted. The Alamos, this is, you know, got to yeah. uphold uh, the
1: myth of this. Alamo.
0: So in some yeah. ways, it was untouchable. Then to say actually these guys weren't <laughs> quite the way they were portrayed. I saw
2: reports
1: saying that the uh, stand lasted about twenty-five minutes.
2: I think it was a few days, but I think I've, I th-
1: seen, I've seen reports saying it was probably. The
0: actual fighting. Yeah.
2: The actual, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they did hold it, and they I think they tried to bombard the fort with cannons and stuff, and then the actual the actual shooting didn't take long at all.
0: But when they actually broke, breached the walls, yeah. And when got they in. breached the walls, yeah. Well, when you look at it, it was like Adobe, wasn't it? So you think well, that isn't going to stand a lot
2: of yeah.
0: trained yeah. artillery or. <laughs> but there's, trained but airport.
2: I mean, there's a, the, the, the great action sequence. There's a there's a bit in that where they pivot the cannon like they're coming. The Mexicans are coming through the gate, and they sort of point the cannon down and, and blow my love and that sort of stuff. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so but but that's the actual when when they stormed it, there uh, probably wasn't that much fighting. But um also the guy who plays Sam Houston, which is what Houston's named after, was uh and they mentioned that right at the sort of end of the original. You've got um oh uh Boone, um what's his name? Boone.
0: Oh, um, I was going to say, yeah. Ward Bond. No, I not know. Ward Bond. Um, Richard, Boone. Richard, Richard Boone. Richard Boone. That's, that's it.
2: Richard Boone. And at the end, he goes, "When your soldiers belly ache that they haven't eaten for any more, you tell them about the men at <laughs> the Alamo." And uh, in the remake, um, Sam Houston. And that they spend a little bit more time with Sam Houston. So who in- plays
1: him in the remake? Anyone of note?
2: Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think who plays him in the uh, in the new one. Uh, it will come <laughs> to me in a minute, but uh, it, I mean they spend a lot more was time. It Sam Houston. It was Dennis Quaid. Mm. Thank you very much. Did you ever look for me?
1: Uh, I think it is. I'm just yeah. No, it is track. Dennis Quaid. Yeah, oh, right. Dennis
2: Quaid played um, Sam Houston, and they actually have after the Alamo there was the battle of San Guanito, I think it's called or Guanito, something like yeah, that. Yeah, isn't that
0: another sort of bloody conflict that went? It wasn't that bloody, really. People. It was that
2: was over in about ten minutes because basically this, he caught Santa Ana all camped out, and they charged, and that was it, and they caught Santa Anna, and they let him go.
0: (laughs) On a sort of sideways note, on recently, I think it was on the History Channel or something, there was a programme called Texas Rising, which deals with that summer of 1836, where you go from the Alamo to the birth of Texas as a nation and the founding of the Texas Rangers and all that, and that was on, yeah, I was pretty sure it was on the History Channel, it was like a 10-week series, and that had all these characters, but I'm pretty sure it had, as Sam Houston had... Bill Paxton.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, there's been, there's and been, and that was a really good. Hmm, look
0: at that, those, those events as well.
2: Because, because there's been uh, quite a lot of TV movies and everything. Ten Days at the Alamo, and there's been a lot of uh, a lot of things. There's even a film. Have you ever seen a film called Viva Max with Peter Eustonoff, Sharon? No. Yes, I have. Is he a ghost yes. or something? No, no, no. He's a general, and he's a Mexican general. And his girlfriend says to him, "Oh, your men will never follow you." So he goes to take back the Alamo. Um, <laughs> yes, I have yeah, seen it with seen Peter
0: Ustinov. Yes, yeah. That, when you say that, yeah, when yeah. He's yeah. And
2: about... at the end, he's at the Alamo with his like Mexican militia <laughs> and the with with no with no weapons at all. Well, no, no ammunition. And then they have to send in the American National Guard. And uh, yeah, Peter Ustinov is like this little Mexican general, and and they actually show the Alamo in that, but. I think they got into trouble and they had to finish filming in in Italy mm. or somewhere because um, friends of the Alamo said it wasn't you know they couldn't use it, but they it did get a few is shots. A
0: stuff of legend, so it's like a. Do you think the second the remake where you know do you think they've tried to strip away some of the myth to get back to the the, the history? Yeah, but I don't think
2: it's actually that bad. I mean, basically, Davy Crockett was a a guy who came down he was he was obviously a senator he was in, born
1: on the mountaintops uh, in tennessee wasn't he yeah
2: <laughs> well <laughs> so the legend goes <laughs> so, but really he was more of a politician this is this is Did where also he a sounds. funny hat <laughs> <So>. <laughs> he was he was a politician from tennessee that that came down hoping to uh, you know well you know start off this this republic so he could get some sort of public office and uh, obviously they wanted him as a frontiersman you know that fought indians and buffalo and hunted raccoons but he wasn't actually. It's a bit like Billy the Kid. Everybody's got this vision of Billy the Kid as being, you know, sort of with the western hat. And in fact, if you see pictures of Billy the Kid, he looks nothing like he's portrayed no, in the it movies. No, he doesn't. He's a funny looking chap. Funny looking chap. Same with Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid. They don't look your typical cowboys. No. I mean, <laughs> a I mean, lot of
0: them weren't they? They were sort of born in the east and they just yeah, went west, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. So they look like farmers. A lot of them.
2: So yeah. So so Davy Crockett, I think, was more of a politician. But but. I don't think that detracted from the film at all, and I don't think it made him. To, he was still, you know, he he did get. He was shot on his knees at the end, but I mean, I don't know if that happened because. But he was that sort of character. He wasn't your Indian fighter, bushy, bush, bushman sort of thing. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe there that, that was something to do with the people because it was like, what do they call them when they knocked the out iconoclast? Is it or something? When they, mm-hmm. yeah, is that a word? Yes, it's a word. It's yeah. a good word. It's almost as good as Beatnik. It is. So I can't <laughs> Not was funny, but <laughs> I, I just found something about that Viva Max film which was quite interesting. It says um there's a in, in the film there's a painting of John Wayne as Davy Crockett defending the Alamo. But there's a, um you know, when when they have the disclaimer at the end of a film that all characters depicted in this motion pictures are fictitious. But in this film, in Viva Max it says this changes all characters depicted in this motion pictures except John Wayne are <laughs> fictitious so so <laughs> that's a nice nod isn't it yeah it's a nice nod
0: so would you say would you describe the obviously the original as a, a, a bona fide classic yeah definitely yeah would you so say that the, the Alamo Viment was a hidden gem or do you think it's just a good film
2: well for me I would I I, yeah I, w- I would say probably a good film i you know, it's worth a watch. It's a, it's Not a, a future good movie. classic,
0: though, but just a good a good stand on its yeah, own Yeah,
2: a good good stand on its own film. But, um, as I say, I would recommend that people see The Lost Command. Last Command. Last Command. The we Last have Command. To check, check that, check one, that one, out. one out and see what you think and compare that to the 1960
0: Alamo. Righto. Well, thank you, Shawnee. Now, if I do this...
1: I shall lean into the microphone. OK. In 1981, this screen legend played a New York taxi driver saying the famous line I've been driving a cab here for 30 years and I'm telling you you don't walk around here at night
2: hmm can you read that one again for me in
1: 1981 Mm. this screen legend played a New York taxi driver saying the famous line I've been driving a cab here for 30 years and I'm telling you you don't walk around here at night Mm.
0: Oh, okay. so I have a suspicion what that might come from, but I'm now trying to visualise who I originally thought behind the wheel of a cab. <laughs> okay.
1: How does that play on your original f- belief there, Sean? Yeah, I've,
2: yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, well, <coughs> I mean, I'm going from the Oscar thing. I'm going from from the Oscar and the old guy because mm. I think the one who beat Sinatra and all those guys. I've got a feeling, mm. but I could be. Uh, can you think of
1: a role uh, in a New York? New York taxi driver that this legend might have played
2: hmm what year 81 let me just work through it oh sirens yeah I uh, yeah I got it I think mm. I think this is it um it wouldn't by any chance be in that uh, um, hmm yeah perhaps it'd be in the John Carpenter to, film I might have to wait for another is it a John video? Carpenter film <laughs> <laughs>
0: I might have to wait for another clue, I think. Uh, yeah. But speaking of John Carpenter films, thank you for the link. We come to our next pair of films. Oh, no, are they're not a pair. They're, what do you say, a collection?
1: Well, oh, I don't know. They're, they're, they're blood relatives. Blood relatives. In the most gory, <laughs> blood, <laughs> bloody way.
0: Would you like me to play some music? Or would you yeah. like to describe what we're going to listen um, to?
1: Let me just say, let me set the scene. I'm not yes, going to say the film. Please. I'm just going to set the scene, and then the music can take everyone on this its own terrifying journey. Yeah. So, um, okay, you're in the uh, you're in the first week of a long stint in a remote research base in the Antarctic. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty atmospheric. I mean, what more could you want? You've got John Carpenter, uh, Ennio Morricone doing the soundtrack, you've got uh, Kurt Russell, a blistering, frozen wasteland where, where it's either freezing cold or absolutely silent. Atmospheric, I mean, this is what, for me, this is what cinema is all about, 1982's The Thing um but it wasn't uh, it wasn't a completely original idea it came from uh, 1951's the thing from another world which wasn't based in antarctica it was actually set in the arctic
0: ah oh, did i get the wrong continent when i did my introduction
1: uh i can't remember what did you say i
0: said the antarctic
1: the the thing was in the an, was in antarctica oh i thought cuz i had yeah but the 1951's the uh, thing from another world was actually set up starts off was in alaska all Arcti- oh, right and then um yeah
0: the frozen north
1: yeah Uh, That's
2: can I Joe? I was just going to say that the thing from another world was probably one of the first sci-fi movies that I saw. I I did see it on TV, and it's stuck in my mind ever since. It's it's well, both movies are brilliant. So, but I'm I'm glad you've chosen this one. Thank you.
1: When I heard that you were looking at remakes, um, for for me, there's there's um, uh, John Carpenter just was inspired by film. In the same way that all the you know the greatest directors were and he was inspired just the same as as you You, you it was
2: absolutely and and the bit and it stuck in my mind for for forever really is the bit where they measure the the the, when they spread out on the ice and it's so definitely it wasn't it wasn't
1: numbers or people reeling off uh, dimensions of this ship that's buried there's a ship buried underneath the ice that they discover um and they start to piece together the story that that something's crashed there and been frozen, and one of the occupants of this mysterious craft has been thrown uh, out of the ship. And as, and as, as they discover it in, in the, the very first one, um, rather than reeling off the details of how big this ship is, they'll just stand in the middle and spread out, and each of them follow the contours of yeah. the edge of this ship. And and the, the shot pans back, and you see them standing in this massive circle. And that's obviously the shape of this ship, and there's no ship that, the, uh, the, that would have been flying around that time of, of Earth origin that's in a completely disc shape that's a it's a flying saucer basically
2: that's that's great and the way they're talking as well when they when they talk to you know they it's just yeah and there's
1: the journalist character that just wants to get all the send all the information Uh, back to civilization and tell them about what they found and and it it keeps being thwarted at every opportunity he's not allowed to and he's told he can't and then they get get cut off and and when when it what is actually happening becomes clear they end up st- sort of stranded and isolated in this base, which is where John Carpenter went, ah, that's a wonderful setting and we, it, can, we can take this idea and run with it.
2: I think, and at the end, the very end bit is where the, the, he's talking into the mic and Nina the thing and they go, look to, look to the skies. It. Beware. Yeah, it's brilliant out ending, yeah.
1: It is, but what I, I mean, I talked to you about this earlier on today. It's, you said it was a sci-fi film with a heavy emphasis on the sci they, they at every opportunity they 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 try and inject science into it it's not just any excuse for another scary scene where there's this creature hiding behind a door or stalking them down a corridor they they have long scenes of just talk where they're trying to actually convince you that this is realistic and that and that these scientists are genuinely interested by this creature and 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 yeah I, I just found it fantastic yeah, it's a fantastic piece of it thing.
2: is when they try to capture it they're saying Mom, well, what, what can we use you Know because it's like, um, like a, in the original, he's like a vegetable man, isn't he? Like
1: well, they like use the carrot, they start talking about carrots, carrots at the that's start, it. Yeah, it. Yeah, oh. they
2: see that's why I said, yeah. And I'm trying th- to
0: think if I have seen it or not because I've seen a lot of these films and I'm they, pretty sure it sounds like it's something I would remember if I had.
2: They they, they get him, they try to get him in the greenhouse, man.
0: I'm pretty sure I would have yeah. remembered a they carrot. They
2: try to man get him in a greenhouse, in the and Arctic. there's like. And they the try to electrocute him. they like yeah, this they, grid. It,
1: they put this uh, this wire grid on the it. floor, and they yeah. try and shock him. And there's this great scene where he's being yeah. shocked. And, and yeah, the thing that the thing ah, the <laughs> thing that actually came out of the ship was this this creature, um, this this man, this eight foot tall man and that, that gets frozen in the ice, and he melts and, and gets free. It's a Howard Howard Hawks film. I mean, I, I, think Howard, I saw it when oh. I went through Howard Hawks's filmography and, and yeah it's so
0: incredible got pedigree and the, class. the the guy who
2: played the monster in that by the way James Arness famous cowboy yeah yeah, yeah he actually famous Marshall Dillon wasn't he uh, yeah Marshall Dillon in Gunsmoke and uh, you got him in to do your bathroom did you yeah he did indeed. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um he actually played Jim Bowie in the in the TV movie Ten days at the Alamo.
0: Yes, it has got
2: that sort of weathered we
1: face. Yeah. There's, a, there's a great like interconnected thing there is, yeah. In yeah. In You shows. can always find links. It's so, <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's cool. It's so well prepared. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, also, John Carpenter, yeah. if you've seen Halloween and if you're as much a fan of Halloween as I am, this is the film that's playing on the TV set that night when uh, Laurie oh, Strode's wow. babysitting. Yeah. And,
0: uh, when it all starts going horribly wrong. It all starts
1: going wrong. And that's John Carpenter's like, homage to... Yes. And what was the
2: other film? Because um, they showed two films. Uh, you will remember it? I do. I do. think I, think Shakespeare uh, in Space. Oh. oh what,
1: Forbidden, um, Planet? Forbidden, Forbidden Planet. Forbidden Planet indeed.
2: Yeah. yeah, because that scene is showing the scene where the monster. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that's some incredible special because
2: effects. Because where the monster's trying to get through the the barrier. Oh, I, I remember yes. seeing and, that
1: and thinking that those are some incredible effects for do, the, for the era. Yeah. yeah.
2: You know in Halloween, um, Michael Myers is called the shape i think and mm. he? he's called just called the shape he's mm. not called the monster the creature or anything it's like that he's shape. called the shape and it's and it. i i always think in those movies the the homage with those those two movies because you only ever really see in forbidden planet you only ever really see the shape don't you, you don't yeah, actually, you, never you see, see the, the footprints actual. and you only yeah. the only time you see it is when it tries to get its through effects the, on things yeah. around
1: it and it's imprint in that barrier that they create yeah yeah, yeah. so that was that was um the thing from Another World, and then John Carpenter remade it. But what he did was he took this this Ice Man, this eight foot tall Ice Man that sort of becomes this this threat stalking them, and he turned it into something far more sinister. He turned it into this creature that can assimilate anything that it basically comes into contact with, and and uh, retains like a genetic memory of the things it's assimilated in the past. So it could basically copy human human beings. So you're in this isolated research base with a few other guys, and um, one of them could be could be yes the you don't thing, know who. and it, it replicates them perfectly. And there's these in- horribly nightmarish images where it's just re- started to replicate and almost finished the trans the transition and you've got people with like claws for hands yeah so still it's not in the quite middle. right yeah yeah and, and and they're sort of framed in the snow by this, this sort of light and and it's it's such an atmospheric film and i absolutely love it
0: yeah that music though sets it's like a pulse beating through it isn't it it's like yeah. the this life force is the is the boom 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 That's the, it. the mm. under the undertow of this this sort of menace that yeah. threads through the film like with the dog at the beginning isn't it mm. you think that's always, so you're not right about that dog, but you don't right. know at that point. That well, why
1: are we following? The, why is the camera what's, on the what's dog? What's so relevant about the dog, yeah. It's escaped the crazy Norwegians. but Swedes. It sweet. says Norge <laughs> on the side of the helicopter. Crazy yeah. Swedes. So you're introduced okay. to this creature. The Norwegians and another research base yeah. nearby are, are following this dog running through the snow, and they're in a helicopter trying to take it down. You don't know why. And uh, Kurt Russell and his uh, like, his yeah. friends come out. and
0: You don't went, go killing dogs on my watch. No, that's
1: it. And then the, the bullets get a bit close to them, so they, they actually take down the helicopter and they rescue this dog from certain death and then the dog decides to hang out with them for a little while and the, uh, something's wrong with it
2: mm. I like the bit when they go over to the Norwegian station don't they and it's yeah, all like yeah. burnt and then they yeah. look in that bath and there's a that's that's yeah. a iconic shot as well when they
1: and without well I don't know yeah. I, it's not a spoiler I suppose I'm not going to say who, who makes it to the end of the film and who doesn't but there's no resolution at the end no. that's entirely satisfactory no you're left wondering, and you've got two options, and it's just this wonderful moment where there's these two guys, and you're like, "Yeah." One of them knows that they're not they that they're not the thing, but we don't know for for no. sure.
0: There's just that suspicion that yeah. you've been through all this yeah. doesn't mean it's over.
1: That's it, and none of the, oh, it's just great. And then they remade it again in 2011 and messed it up. But
2: <laughs> I didn't think it was too. It, it wasn't bad.
1: too bad. It was just there was nothing new about well,
2: it. It was a prequel, wasn't it? Wasn't it about it was the Norwegian? It was a prequel where
1: exactly the same thing happens.
2: Yeah, but but at the Norwegian base, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But
1: that's just like a way of making it again and without calling it a remake. Yeah. And I just felt let down. I, I mean,
2: it. I've no idea who the director of that was.
1: Uh, I don't remember actually I, Mary Elizabeth Winstead was in it all right. that was one of the reasons for seeing it <laughs> um, but it just for me yeah. they, they did make it gory it was not as shocking as, as the John Carpenter 1982 one but they, they did make it gory, they did try it was obviously done with a, a certain amount of respect for the original but it was just there was nothing new, there was no reason for it to exist except to get people to come and pay money for a film called The Thing Hoping oh, wow.
0: that they would have enough affection for the... Yeah, that's it.
1: Use John the name. Carpenter. Cash in on the name.
0: Yeah, I don't understand why they do that often. Oh, well, I do not understand why they do it. They do it purely money, to make money, money, money don't yeah. they? Yeah. Sure. Do you have a standout moment then from any of the incarnations of the thing, either from the early thing, middle thing, um, latest thing?
1: Uh, I don't know how not, many
0: times I can say thing in one sentence. there's too many. <laughs> there's not a huge
1: amount of difference in age between Sean and I. There's a few years. I think you would probably prefer the thing from another world. Yeah, probably. See, for me, I prefer John Carpenter's The Thing. I, I mean, I love John The Carpenter's Thing as the well. Thing. I love
2: The Thing as well.
1: It's just so good. But yeah. there's, there's a couple of. It's it, it, it it.
2: difficult. I would put them on a par because they're like different movies. But I mean, I like the, the, the with head. the dogs oh. I like, I, in the in the John Carpenter version, where like they're they're the wondering cage. what's what the hell's going on, yeah. and there's all these tentacles going. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I have to say, my standout scene is probably the John Carpenter one with the blood tests.
1: Oh yeah, ah. terrifying. It's, yeah,
0: That's you
2: know, it's so one good. of them. Yeah. Which
0: one's it going to be? And then how it react? You just it's brilliant that reaction. That, that reaction,
2: reaction was yeah, that was that yes. was. And that
0: was anyone best. who was anyone who's listening who has seen the film will know exactly what you mean when you yeah. say blood test reaction. Scary. You, it's, I think, yeah, because with that never. I don't think I remember seeing that in any film before that. No. So you genuinely don't know what's coming. Yeah. You think in some ways that was a genius, yeah. but it was like a sport You couldn't you could never replicate that no. because every time you ever see anything like that, you are thinking the thing's done it better. That's it. So it's just captured that perfect moment of absolute, you know, wah! But I think there's Also the
2: bit when they're doing the um, the shocker, the, when they're doing the, oh, the, the, the pads. <laughs> yeah. The like electric yeah, pads. They'll... Give them another one, give them another one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 I think we've come up with a whole new phrase here, the thing has done it better. I think you can yeah. apply that to so many aspects of cinema and so many moments that have become cliched or that, that, that get wheeled out every now and then to, to get a response. The thing probably did it better. But
0: you say, yeah, you've, it's just... Yeah. Got there first. Yeah, and it did it better.
2: And I think everybody. I mean, I think all the actors in, especially in the John Carpenter one, are great. I don't think you know. You know, no one really. I mean, the guy who looks after the dogs, that guy with the big beard, and yeah. you know, they all play the right parts. Well, he, he's the
1: first one to, to, he is, to isn't he? creep you out, isn't he? Yeah, something's wrong. Uh, interesting that there, there were women on the uh, Arctic base in the original, and there are no women at all in the John Carpenter version, and that was a an intentional thing that John Carpenter did. He said it had been too long since we had a boys' film with nothing but boys, in, boys and in it, and yeah. the hell with it, I'm going to do it.
0: But as a woman, it's still an accessible film to watch. Mm. You don't have to be, you know, a, a chap no. to, to enjoy action films of that type. I mean, a
1: chap.
2: I like that. I love that word. <laughs> uh, uh, <yeah.
1: laughs> Plenty of beatniks, though, Beatnik, have <laughs> Have you yeah. seen? In, the, in that base, they're all... And like, they're they're and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> like uh, ch- Sean, John Carpenter and siege situations. Oh yeah, does this tie in?
2: Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, uh, we got to talk about Assault and Precinct Thirteen. I think we, we picked that as on the show once a while ago, which was good. But yeah, for siege movies, that's that's the best. He
0: knows his stuff, and I understand that you gentlemen have got a special treat in store for you coming now, up soon. Again, haven't you? It
1: has been weighing heavily on my mind recently. Um, we've actually secured tickets to go and see John Carpenter himself oh. performing music from his films live
2: that's going to be extraordinary that's going to be so fantastic I'm oh so
0: excited about amazing. it
1: can't contain myself now ironically this is one of the films that <clears throat> he made one of his classics that he didn't do the music for um, but it was more Morricone but pretty much every film he's done that's any he's good. been involved he's <clears throat> obviously
0: an artisan isn't he I'm exactly. conscious of the time is a ticking I don't want mm. to no to miss out on what's going to be. It's been a
1: pleasure talking about the thing. Yeah, but so yeah, thank indeed. you for that. Yeah, the thing. Yeah, please, strength.
0: please revisit that because I think it's worth a revisit. What we think we know about it is, yeah, it's worth a visit. But I'm going to do this so that we can time do this.
1: For one more clue. Okay, in 1966, so we're jumping through time here. The last one was in 81, but in 1966, the screen legend said of himself, Yes, I'm a hot-tempered Italian, but I don't think I'm ever unfair or unjust.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I, I've, I, I think I've already got this okay. from... There's a confidence in, the in Sean's voice. Yeah, though, I, you've got I, I've go got for it from it. the second clue, I think. Yeah?
0: Well, I can make my guess. I it's normally, I'd normally have a wild stab at the dark that's nothing like, but I was... Th- no, it's, I know it's nothing like, but I was going to say Robert Wagner, just for to make you laugh.
1: Ha, ha, ha. No. The answer is right no. no, it's not.
2: No, it's not. <laughs> I knew it wasn't. I thought you going to spoil it. Was the 1950s, I've, I've, but
0: he wasn't a cab driver in the 1980s. I've, I've
2: got a bask in my moment of glory here. Go on I'm in. sorry, because, yeah, I, I think, I mean, this is a great actor, because he's in The Wild Bunch. He's in so many films. And funny enough, he's in Lost Command, which was the one I told you about The Alamo. He's in that. He's a character in that as well. There's um, a
1: dozen dirty films he's in as well. Yeah, a dirty dozen. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. not Lee
0: Marvin. No, 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 he was. Oh, I no, he be 95. He won an
2: Oscar for Marty playing Marty That's Ernest, Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine, yeah. Oh, it, was the, it was the Oscar that, that I, I got it. And yes,
0: the cab driver thing and the leap, yes. In
2: Escape from New York. In Escape from New York. Yeah. Yeah. Back to John Carpenter. I, I had to think about that one, but yeah. It was.
0: Ernest Borgnine.
2: Yeah. Why didn't I think of oh, him? I was going to say because I thought you'd have forgotten. got it from the ask from the Oscar because it was Marty, forgotten. wasn't it? Because he didn't it die Marty, in his yeah. heyday because mm. he
1: lived to, ni- like, to make films. As he was ninety five. He sort of gets forgotten quite a lot. Yeah. Yes, it's,
2: and and the, he's great in the Wild Bunch. He's yeah. the one that said, "Tread softly, hey, boys." And you are a
0: fiendish genius in terms of giving us just enough clues to make us think, "Oh, it's got to be a, a matinee idol." It's not. No, mm. it's not a
2: matinee idol at all. And that's a, that was a, a great quiz. In fact, that was a great show. I enjoyed that. This show immensely. Yeah, I enjoyed that too. Well done, Sharon. Yeah,
1: wow. it has been. Thank a pleasure. you for your company stern.
2: this
0: evening. <laughs> yeah, keeping us moving. Well, we're heading into the last thirty seconds of the of our show. So I think it's probably time to say they don't make them like they used to, and they don't remake them like they used to. No, so if you have not enough beatniks around. Like used be either.
1: either.
0: Please, yeah, please. If you've got your beatnik outfit, please <laughs> wear it to the hospital next week so we can have a look at you, and <laughs> just revel chap. in the um, the joy chap. of. Beat Nickness and being pet
1: cats. <laughs> Poor Nick's getting a lot of beating, <laughs> right? Isn't it?
0: So we will wish you all, uh, to, uh, to everyone in the hospital, to get well soon. We will see you again next week, and remember, they don't make them like they used to. Ta da!
2: Bye.